This is the John Oakley Show podcast. At City Hall, when it comes to uh, taxpayer money being spent on various and sundry, including uh, this poverty reduction strategy that was implemented four years ago, it seems like $181 million has been spent, and there are some questions as to date, uh, where that money went specifically, anybody auditing results, and so on and so forth. I thought Stephen Holliday ought to join us and help explain because he's right there in the catbird seat as a deputy mayor and counselor for Ward 2 at Tobacco Center. Stephen, good to have you on the Oakley Show as always. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. Always a pleasure, John. What do you make of this poverty reduction strategy? It was uh, Pam McConnell's baby, the late Pam McConnell, yeah. 2015. Uh it's kind of been drawn into question because they're planning another four-year stint with taxpayers' money, and uh, there seems to be very little accounting for how poverty is actually being reduced, or am I wrong? Well, Sue Ann Levy raised some good points in her article, um, but let's back up. What is the poverty reduction strategy? It's something that councils approved. It was uh, put forward in the last council term and in this council term, and we revisit every year. But it's a collection of a whole bunch of things that we're doing as a city. Some of them are highly social in, neighbor, in nature, right? Very, very deep social services. And other, them are, other things are like business practices that we're improving that would have some sort of a social benefit or impact that is positive to trying to help people that are poor. Um, and maybe we were going to do them anyways, but they were included as part of this big umbrella plan. Um, the plan is, is in some ways political in nature. It's, it's our ability as a council, as politicians, to say this is what we're doing for um, those that are suffering from poverty in the city. All right, well, let's take it for instance. Uh, she does cite, you brought her name up, so let's go with what she's written in the Sun. Uh, 21 to 33 uh, percent as part of the transit fare equity. This would subsidize transit users. Uh, do we know how much revenue that's cost the city over the last four years? Yeah, I would imagine deep somewhere in the uh, the coffers of uh, the Toronto Transit Commission, uh, they've got some ideas and that they're tracking this, but they're good questions to ask because it's no small change. I mean, it's millions of dollars that are put towards reducing transit for those that are at the, the bottom end of the income spectrum. Um, take a guy like me, you know, what do I think about all this? Well, I, I guess uh, transit is a is a real uh, cost to individuals, especially if you're living on the edge. Um, do you give the people more money through a larger uh, you know, subsidy check? And do you know that they're going to spend that on transit money? Or do you give them a pass that allows them to swipe the card and go from place to place and they pay a little bit less than everyone else? Well, I think the latter model's probably got the stronger accountability in it because you know when the card's been swiped and you know that the money or, or maybe the discount that you're giving them instead of money is going exactly towards what you intended it to do. And that's to move people around on the transit system. I guess the public policy question is, is well, how much is the right amount of money? And, uh, you know, that's the thing we'll have to debate at council. Well, are we getting value for the money, I guess? This is the other thing, since uh, you say, well, it may be hidden in the catacombs or the recesses of the books with the TTC accountability or the accounting office, uh, but nobody really knows for sure, do they? Well, and what is the public benefit? Let's say it was, you know, 30 or $40 million or 31% um, of the the big uh, pot of money, and the, I guess the public policy question is: is what do we get back as a city for this investment? What you know, what public good is it for these dollars? And you know, how at the end of the day does it benefit the taxpayers and the city at large? I like to think that you know, getting people moving around and having them have the opportunity to work or get out to medical appointments, that sort of thing, is probably something we we could help people with in good conscience in this city. I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying, you know, this is the role of an auditor general, uh, usually, to find out if you're getting value for money spent. 
Yeah, and I don't know, but one day the auditor may circle around and say, hey, council, there's these programs you've put in place. I'd like to see if these things are delivering the value that, that you think that they are. You know, another example is, is the children's pass. Um, for children under 12 years of age that, that don't have to pay. I know I take my kids on the TTC from time to time and, and enjoy the idea of not having to pay for them, but you know I certainly can afford to pay for them. So um, I could have. And uh, what value overall is there in implementing this big, large policy, and what is the cost to the city? And you know, frankly, the TTC riders, who's part of each of our fares, go to supplementing that process. Right. Well, you know, we've got a lot of uh, fair abusers as it is, but see, this oh, is... Oh, agreed. <laughs> uh, well, you know, but again, somebody needs to be auditing this and minding the store because taxpayers' money. By the way, uh, because this is going to be a rubber stamp for another four years with who knows how much uh, money is going to be earmarked now for the poverty reduction strategy because nobody's saying, right? Well, there's one piece about that that we should talk about is that although it's an overarching umbrella strategy with a really nice list of a bunch of things, all the little pieces of the poverty reduction strategy are implemented incrementally through the year. So council is still making individual decisions on each of these components. You know, one of them there is a line item that says, you know, accelerate the human services integration project. Well, that's a that's a fancy word for a business process around being really smart on how people apply for social services and having one hand of the city talking to the other hand of the city to have better service but also more efficient service. Should we do that anyways? Of course. Does that help people that are living in poverty? It does because they get their money faster and we get to serve more people with the same amount of money. So they're all good things. We just check these boxes as we go through the whole year. All right. You know, I just uh, don't feel very confident when you've got bureaucracies, sort of nameless, faceless bureaucracies, handling these files. And, uh, you know, maybe the thing is going into a pit somewhere where uh, we're not really getting uh, full value that we could. But uh, I wanted to move on while I've still got a moment with you. And that has to do with the uh, city taking Ford governments to uh, the Supreme Court, if the Supreme Court will actually hear their complaint. This has to do with downsizing from the 47 councillors to 25. Uh, was this necessary for the city to do? <laughs> A fine use of resources. I say that tongue-in-cheek, of course, because I voted against that. Like I, I've had trouble before, uh, you know, just with the concept of one government fighting the other that's made a, a legitimate and legal decision. You know, there's a lot of politics in this particular question. A lot of people around council, not me, but people around council that are upset with the downsizing of council. So it's manifested in this Supreme Court challenge. Look, I'd rather have the lawyers here at City Hall doing what they need to do and dealing with all sorts of files and not off to Ottawa. But this is a council decision and it's uh, political in nature. Yeah, I was going to ask. What's the point or principle behind it? Uh, I mean, is it just sheer petulance or they feel that maybe the Ford government is overreached in terms of their mandate or what they're allowed to do? Uh, Because I didn't think that was the case. But how do you see it? Well, the last Superior Court decision on this that confirmed that the government was okay with their law in Ontario, it was there were some dissenting votes. Yeah, it was a three to two vote. Yeah, and there's some instructions way back when, when this was originally dealt with at council before the last election, that council decided to tell the solicitor that even if we lose at Ontario court, take it to the Supreme Court anyway. So the solicitor's doing as she's been told. I just wish we wouldn't have taken the time and the resources to send her up the, to Ottawa to go argue this. Yeah, because that ship has sailed. Time to move on, folks. Um, I think we're doing well with the council of the size that we have. I appreciate your saying as much. Stephen Holliday, Deputy Mayor, Councillor Ward 2 at Tobacco Centre. Always a pleasure. 
Uh, thank you. We'll talk soon. Stephen Holiday. There he goes. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 